Welcome to the Heart of Dad podcast. Heart of Dad is a podcast for entrepreneurs who are passionate about their families and business and looking to find more clarity, more balance and more alignment in all areas of their life. Come and join the community at heartofdad.com or on Facebook at groups forward slash heartofdad. This week on The Heart of Dad, I'm delighted to introduce Giles Croft. Giles is a psychology graduate and former NHS surgeon who spent more than a decade exploring a number of career paths, including healthcare information management, cycling journalism, public speaking, and opening a high street shop with his wife. His curiosity about the human condition led him to coaching and a deeper dive into how our psychology works from the inside out. He now works with clients to help them resolve stress-related conditions without recourse to medication. His greatest teacher is his five-year-old daughter, Ronwyn. So I'm delighted to introduce uh, Giles to uh, the Heart of Dad podcast this week. Giles, tell us a bit about yourself. Oh, hi. Yes, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, dad, of, a dad of five years. Got, well, I'm coming up to six years, I've got one daughter. Um, and I, uh, background is I was a, I was a, a doctor in the NHS. Um, I worked as a surgeon. Um, I left um, about 15 years ago and went off to do various different things, lots of different career changes, uh, and sort of have come full circle via coaching back to the uh, healing profession again. And I I work with people to um, help them with stress and stress-related issues, be they emotional or physical. And I do that working from my home office. I have rented out space uh, um, elsewhere previously um, but uh, these days it's I, I'm, I'm either working in my office here doing doing video calls with people or um, I live in Abergavenny on the edge of the Brecon Beacons and I do a lot of my coaching outdoors so um, I'm either in front of the computer or I'm out walking with clients. Mm, brilliant and um, I know you've given us a very admirably short version of your uh, <laughs> career there uh, but from from what i know of you you've had some really interesting twists and turns in in what you've done um since leaving the nhs i'm sure you know, people will be interested to hear a little bit more about that if you're up for it yeah sure well i i started um w- when i first left i i had a real i had a real interest in the way that we were managing or mismanaging as the case was information um in in the health service and i kind of reached a sort of a balance point where the the desire to to carry on clinically was going down and the desire to do something a bit more impactful for the service as a whole was increasing and and sort of fitted in with the 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 values that had evolved as the years had gone by i mean it took me years of working for the biggest establishment in the uk to realize i had a massive anti-establishment streak (laughs) which i was unaware of um so i moved kind of sideways into um healthcare information management which was um a, a fascinating new world for me because I'd had a very kind of traditional uh, um, education and upbringing and, and then you know when you make the decision to go into medicine it's around the time of GCSEs really isn't it so um, 
it was all fairly standard stuff up to then. Uh, and then all of a sudden I was, you know, I was in the, in, in the, in the real world, as it were, in the big wide world. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, 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 that was, that was quite a journey. And, and I, I'd always had a real interest in what made people tick. And I, I did a psychology degree as part of my medical training and it took some time out to do that. And had always reflected on the process of of career change the you know what what it what it was that enabled things to happen and the kind of like the 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 personal change that you have to go through and um so i i just kind of started playing with that really it's like well hang on a minute i've got into this one career that you shouldn't really be able to get into it wasn't really a thing there was no defined career path so then i started doing pushing it a little bit further just really really latching onto the things that I really enjoyed and just doing doing more of those and seeing what happened and then I ended up working for my favorite cycling magazine as a features writer and medical advisor so um, then I started talking about that process of career change and I I guess that's what you know led me to to one-on-one work with clients. Mm, Brilliant I love that story there's certainly so much in it and um so where were you in, in career terms like five years ago when, when you had your daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was a bit in the doldrums. I was a bit in the doldrums. I'd, um, I think these things as we evolve and our, our needs and our, and our values, I think they're constantly slowly, but surely evolving. I'd got to a point where, I wasn't happy doing the work that I was that I was doing. I I I was basically had um, my own. I was working for myself, doing healthcare IT work, which started off with a real passion for making a change in the service, making the life of clinicians and patients alike better. And as the years had gone by, I found myself just feeding the corporate beast, really. So all the kind of like all the design work that I was doing was just for submission for central data. So the work itself wasn't all that inspiring. I knew I had other things I wanted to do as well. So every year I was still talking at conferences about career change. But every year I felt a bit more of a fraud doing that because I wasn't really walking the walk. And into that came our daughter. Um, and um, now I look back, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. It was perfect because if, if now I can see what I've been through in the last 18 months, setting up a new coaching business, the idea of doing that with a brand new baby is just like what <laughs> and yeah i was a bit miserable about about um the work that i was doing i just wasn't inspiring at all to me then but that meant that my energy had to go somewhere i was working from home doing work that i could have done with my arm tied behind my back perfect you know there i was and my wife's self-employed too we have a shop so she's got her own shop. Um, and this meant that, uh, you know, we were like 50, 50. It was, it was brilliant. It was, uh, and I have a, I, 
you know, I'd like to think I've got a f- phenomenal relationship with my daughter in part because I was, you know, I've just always been there. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, um, I left my permanent job um, three months after my son was born and uh, did go through the madness of starting up my uh, well, <laughs> was a therapy practice at the time. Bravo. Yeah, well, it's a, I'm sure there's a story around denial and running away from the reality of having a, <laughs> a, a child in your 40s uh, that, uh, that landed on me in a way that was quite, quite dramatic. That's another story for another time. But I'm really interested for you that, you know, that, that uh, in a sense, the opportunity came out of the ambivalence you had with your job to actually spend mm. more time with your daughter. Mm. And, and there's been a benefit from that. Yeah. Because a big uh, topic, I suppose, for these podcasts has been, we're, we're skirting around the, the theme of balance. Um, and for some people, that idea of work and life balance is completely anathema. They say, well, there's no such thing. And you know, it's con- con- continually fluid. Some people talk about it as work-life integration. Um, I just wanted to know where you where you stood on it. What, what does it mean hmm. to you, or is it a term that resonates, or or, or not? I I think back when I had a back when I when I had a proper job, it was more of a thing mm. because I was physically going to a place and I was mm. physically doing a job, and um, and then I was and then so I had very clear work time and and non work time, and one of the one of the the main impetus behind uh leaving medicine was was the idea that the work work life balance wasn't wasn't didn't fit me wasn't right for me i could see all my had a whole load of outside interests and they were all sort of withering on the vine because you know understandably if you're going to be an orthopedic surgeon you've got to commit to it 100 percent. and and that you know that was fine that was what i'd signed up for but i could just see that stretching ahead it's like okay work-life balance there whereas now no uh, i don't hearing you say that is the first time that the concept has even entered into my my consciousness for quite some time because um you know, we can only really do one thing at a time. If I'm focused on doing some work, I'm focused on doing some work. If I'm with my daughter, I'm with my daughter. I don't try and juggle. It doesn't fit any, for me, it doesn't feel like I'm trying to juggle the two. Um, I suppose I set fairly clear boundaries. I've got my office. Um, I've got a little sign that I put on my door, which is on my door right now, which means I'm on a call. And so when I'm on a call, there's there's no knocking on the door there's no coming in there's there's minimal noise but obviously you know she's five it's not like i can really control that but if that you know there'll be somebody else somebody else with her it's not i i i don't i don't have calls when i I don't schedule calls when it's just me and her um and that seems to work i've done that since day one and she's you know she she respects that and she she asks me all about it and you know what what what, you know did you have a good call daddy that that kind of stuff and then when i'm with her i'm with her you know if if that means i'm dressing up as whatever it is and or we're sat there playing top trumps or connect four or something then i'm not on my phone and, and you know i'm not taking phone calls and so 
Does and that, come, that come easily to you? That that um, I do, really being present with her. Yeah, because it's 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 nice. It's it's like well, it, this is a not work moment, <laughs> mm. and I don't I don't fight it. I don't fight it. There'll be times when I'm sat at my desk. So, for instance, on a um uh, because of the shop opening hours, uh, Saturday is a is a daddy and Ronwin day. Ronwin is my daughter, and. Um, certainly now I'm building my own business work can uh, leach into the into the weekend so I will sometimes find myself doing some work now um, I will have my office door open and I'll be getting on with stuff and she'll be playing and then she'll come through and I know that you know when she comes through it's it's time if I'm in the middle of something, I'll be completely honest with her and I'll say, I'm in the middle of something right now. You know, can, can it wait? Now, if she's really persistent and she wants, and she just literally just climbs up into my lap and sits there, it's like, okay, the work is over. You know, it's time to shift my focus to my daughter. And there, there's some, there's something about for me, just the experience I've had, only got the one kid, so I've only got the one experience, but um, there's, she seems to get what she needs in a, in a remarkably short period of time. You know, it doesn't, it's like 10, 10 minutes of, of craziness, 10 minutes of something physical or, or, or 10 minutes of just chat or, or, or anything. Um, and I, I'm not the one who stops that. I let her, I let her guide that usually. So she'll, you know, like wander off again or, it'll be time for a meal or something like that. And mm. So, so yeah, it's, it seems to flow fairly. Sounds a great, well. a great way of handling it. Um, because some of my, I mean, I, I certainly identify with moments like that in my own parenting story, but I know there've also been times when I've got very excited, should we say by a project I'm working on or a, a piece of work and I feel really in the flow of something. And then those um, interruptions feel incredibly unwelcome, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have that natural flexibility that you're beautifully describing to sort of just down tools with an open heart and, and, and draw my attention that way. Actually, sometimes I can feel quite resentful. Uh, only through trial and error, Matt. <laughs> only because, you know, I've been in those situations before and I have, I've tried to push on through. and. It just doesn't work. That's so like, why, 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 again, like I say, it was just the 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 experience of of you know one hundred percent laser focus on her and getting into her world and giving her what she needs. Then she she gets what she needs way quicker than you'd imagine. Way quicker than you'd imagine. And it's, mm. it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a brilliant message for for other dads out there to hear. So, so we met uh, in the context of um, learning a new understanding about how how psychology works and the, and the truth of human nature, called the three principles or insight principles. Um, I'm just wondering how how that's impacted uh, you as a parent. What's happened for your journey? Massively. <laughs> it is, it, uh, and. <clears throat> I think Roman's been such an integral part of, of, of my journey, which has been wonderful. You know, it's, it's, uh, she, 
I, I was, it was in an interaction with her that I had one of my biggest insights. Um, and I, I just, I know it sounds cheesy and you hear it and I'll tell you what, I, I'd been, I'd been reading it and I'd been hearing it for years is look to children, look to children for the answers because they have the, you know, look to the, become more childlike, not childish, but childlike. I remember that back from my old personal development days, like 15 years ago or something that really stuck with me. Try and be more childlike than childish. And, and I never really, really got it. I don't think. Um, and uh, until I started looking into this understanding of, of, of the way that we work and and there it is on display for all to see children are so much closer to it than to, to their true nature than we are because they don't get caught up in their thinking and they just live from moment to moment and mm. would you be willing to share, share that insight what, what was it what was it that oh, gave it you was... that moment <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> so um ronwin uh very much in, uh, enjoys ballet so she's in and out of her ballet shoes all the time um and it was a it was a thursday uh, like today which meant she was off to ballet later on in the day and it's thursday's a, is a daddy day so i take her to ballet and she'd lost a ballet shoe and um so like world war three had broken out this was like early in the morning you know caterwauling and oh and the world was ending and me and my wife were running around like headless chickens trying to find this damn ballet shoe and we couldn't find it anywhere and you know she was absolutely inconsolable um and then my wife had to go down to the shop and um Romain just got fed up eventually and just started doing something else there's a lesson and um I carried on, you know, knowing better, actually knowing I was going to have to face this again later on in the day, I carried on looking. In the end, even I, I just I, I just gave up and it's like, well, I'll find it or I won't find it and I'll just have to deal with it. So I went to my desk and I started working and I've been working for 10 minutes or so and Roman was in the next room and uh, it's just the two of us in the house. And she she shouted for me or something, and and I turned around, and the different perspective that I had from sitting at my desk and turning round, I saw the ballet shoe. It was like rammed underneath the coffee table in my office or something. I was oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, and so, and I thought, oh, let's have some fun with this. <clears throat> let's see how many daddy points I can score here. <laughs> So I thought that I'll make a really big deal. I'll do a big grand reveal. So I went into her room with the ballet shoe behind my back and she was sat on the floor in the doorway and she was uh, building a little Duplo tower for her toys. And I, and I got down at her level and I crouched down right in front of her and I did the big reveal. I brought the ballet shoe out from behind my back and I said, oh, look what I found. And she looked up, kind of gave me a bit of a smile and said, oh, you found my ballet shoe. And she went back to playing with a Duplo. <laughs> and like my world sort of came crashing down about me and, 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 and I was like overcome with this flood of emotions. So disappointment, a bit of anger, you know, why do I even bother resentment? You know, I, like really, really strong feelings. And, and, 
and it was in that moment that I had an insight because um, previously, and, and I'm sure other parents can relate to this, there, there, are, there are about three ways that I might have dealt with that situation in the past. The first one would have been to have said something really sarcastic to her, <laughs> to a four-year-old. Which would have made me feel better for a for a microsecond mm. before realizing what what an awful parent I was, um, and uh, but I have done that in the past. I, I I'm, I'm you know I'll put my hand up there. I've been um, so. But the, the the other thing that I might have done would have been to have given her a bit of a lecture, you know, just ge- a bit of gentle education bit of well you know this is what gratitude is and i've been you know i've been looking around for ages and it's when people do things for you know because we all know how important gratitude is so i might have done that again you know in retrospect she's four the, how much of that would have actually gone in is like, there i am programming her there i am you know messing messing with her head and 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 all oh, right so when daddy does this i've got to do that to keep daddy happy and you know so that, and so it begins I've done that definitely. What I suppose I, I would have done, thinking of myself as a good dad, maybe, is bit my tongue. I'd have I'd have I'd have bottled that. I'd have I'd have like, oh, oh, gosh, gosh, that didn't turn out how I expected it to. What does that mean? Oh man, what does that mean about my parenting skills? What does that mean about my my expectations? Um, what does that mean about me? me as a father that didn't work that didn't happen how i wanted it to is that me or is that her what there would have been a lot of thinking about that a lot of things and it was me and her in the house and i had housework to do i'd have been doing like the loading the dishwasher or whatever and i'd have been thinking about that i'd have been ruminating on it you know just turning it over in my head this time out of nowhere i'd been reading all about the inside out understanding the three principles and the which is pointing to the way that we experience our life through thought in any given moment. That's pretty much all that's happening is we are, we've got data pouring in through our senses and this little image of what's going on is being created inside of us. And that's what we're feeling. And exactly the same situation happened. I felt the exact same emotions and then completely out of the blue, all of a sudden I had this massive light bulb moment. (gasps) Those feelings aren't coming from my daughter. Those feelings aren't coming from what she did or what she didn't do. Mm. And, and, and they're coming from my thinking. And before I'd even had chance to really sort of examine what that thinking might even be or anything, it just all fell away. Like it all completely fell away. And I think realistically for the first time in my life, I experienced a quiet mind, a properly quiet mind, because it was the strangest sensation. In fact, that was the first thought that came into the space was, ooh, this is a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they've been talking about. This is what it feels like to not have any thinking going on. And into that space, I'd got no idea about the time scale of this because time just in that moment just stretched out. But into that space of quietness was quickly followed another insight. And that was, oh, she gets it. 
she gets it. She's a little living in the moment machine. Her response to me when I showed her that ballet shoe was entirely appropriate. I had the little smile. There's your gratitude, Giles. And she stated a fact. You found my ballet shoe. But she's not bothered about what happened in the past. Why, why on earth would she hold on to that feeling? What possible use does that hold? She's not worried about the future. She knows dad will sort it out. If I'd asked her, you, you know, what are you doing later? I'm going to ballet. She'd know, but she's certainly not going to be thinking about it. Now, in that moment, what was most important to her was that Duplo Tower. And so the fact that I'm banging on about ballet shoes instead of, hey, I like your Duplo Tower. And just that, that realisation, just so many bits of the jigsaw seem to fall into place for me. And I felt more connected to my daughter than I've ever felt before, you know, four years. And all of a sudden I really felt like I understood her. Like I saw the world through, through her eyes because there was nothing in the way of that connection. She certainly wasn't thinking she was busy doing Duplo towers. Mm. And so, yeah, she really has been a very, very integral Mm. part to my, to my journey. And it's a constant reminder just watching her behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Such a beautiful story. Because it sends shivers down my spine listening to that story. I think so. such a beautiful one. And so, so simple and powerful about um, how this understanding can really utterly shift your perspective of life and, and, and deepen your connection at the same time. Mm. It brought to mind, um, I don't know if you'd be willing to share this story, but um, I think you had a, when I read it, I thought this was just a fantastic kind of counterpoint. And that was when Ronwan was having um, one of her waking nights and um, you went to uh, to comfort her and it was quite, a, quite an ordeal along the way, but <laughs> in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I suppose um having having l- learned a bit more about how our psychology works and having having seen that for myself and now really seeing in her it's a lot it's a lot easier i as a parent i i worry less you know if if because i think in the past i might have um tried to help her to stop feeling the way that she was feeling because you know, I would label emotions as good, good emotions or bad emotions. Whereas now I'm far more aware that it's just thought passing through the system, and it will, and it will flush itself out as long as we don't hold on to it. Um, and so it's very easy to there, and there are tons of kids' books about the inside out understanding, and you know we've read a few, and 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 she's got a little, um, she's got a little snow globe because this is what our what our thinking's like we get all shook up and for as long as we're shook up for as long as we are shaking that snow globe by adding layer of thought after thought after thought after oh i shouldn't be feeling like this oh i want to change this instead of just letting it just doing nothing and letting it go so she's got a little um she's got a little snow globe and um yeah she was she she was she was really upset in the night and she she came out of the room and uh, again in 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 the past I, I mean i don't like being woken up in the middle of the night thanks very much it was one of the real bonuses of leaving acute medicine <laughs> was that that was one thing that i that i realized when a child came out it's like oh i remember i used to feel like this yeah when i was on call so um you know i'm not i'm not in the best of moods 
but I just know these days that, 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 that like there's literally one thing going on. She's caught up in her thinking and it will settle. And my job is to be there with her while that happens and reassure her that whatever dream she's had or whatever thinking that she's got going on about, oh, I need daddy there to get back to sleep. That's just, it's just thought and, and she's all shook up. And every time, every time she, she, she was, she was shaking the globe. Um, she, she, you know, she'd settle a little bit and then she'd, and then she'd come back to it again and she'd settle a bit and then she'd come back to it again. And then eventually she really calmed down and I thought, oh, great, you know, <laughs> I'm back to bed at long last. And, um, and she said, she, she started kicking off again and she went, but daddy, but daddy, it's not fair. And I just picked up, it, I didn't think about it, I just picked up the snow globe, I was so half asleep, and I just shook the snow globe again. And I said, yeah, and that thought, Ronwin, that it's not fair, is just exactly the same as all the others. And there was just something in that moment where her little brain had an insight, and she just kind of went a bit glassy-eyed, and went, night-night, Daddy. And that was it. And that was it because you, you know it's how we're made we, we we all have this capacity for these moments of seeing seeing through the illusion of seeing how it works mm. of seeing that we're living in this thought created reality and that's and, and that's what we feel moment to moment and Beautiful. it's when we when we fall out of that that we that we come back to our common sense and just yeah. getting on with life really yeah so I wanted to ask you, I, mean, I think I, I love both the stories you've shared and um, they certainly resonate with my, my experience of parenting, which I think has been transformed also by this, this understanding of how, how we work. There are times when I fall out of that understanding and um, you know, I can get really cross about something that afterwards seems utterly trivial. <laughs> the other night, my, my son got train set for, for uh, Christmas and he... Um, he was involved in some really elaborate parking ritual that he has for getting his engine parked in the right siding and his carriages somewhere yeah. else. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, and this was dragging on and on and on. And there's some point where you know we were getting into a really late. It was going to be a really late bedtime. I just I didn't lose it, but I just got I got frustrated. I said, "Look, just you know, we're going to just park it now, turn it off, and we can play with it again in the morning." And things escalated between us very quickly, as they do sometimes. Mm. Mm. And um, and then suddenly it looked totally to me like it was his behaviour that was uh, creating mm. all my angst, his, his mm. slowness at parking his trains, his, his insistence on, you know, this being in the exact spot and that being in that spot. And, uh, um, and for me, that just felt, yeah, deeply frustrating. Like I just wanted mm. to get into bed and, and some other things that I wanted to do. It's a real attachment to things being a certain way and of course they weren't so I was kind of in, in a lot of distress and I just wonder if you know that resonates for you in some way you know what what happens when you get <laughs> sounds pretty much like every bedtime <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yeah totally I, I yeah I mean I, I I have I have I have good good bedtimes and I have and, and I have terrible bedtimes and um I think the difference the difference is now that I, I, I don't, I don't really take them seriously. Um, and 
I've got a very, I've got a very low tolerance to, to the, um, and I'm doing inverted commas here, bad feelings because I'm, I'm aware of what they're telling me. I'm a lot more aware of what they're telling me. And, and it's like a little inbuilt alarm system that I've got. So if I am feeling hugely frustrated, it won't be long until, until that I, I, I see that for what it is, which is, which is the alarm system. I might not be able to do anything about it, but at least I can kind of like stop, stop making it worse. Stop going further down that going further down that track. It's like, oh, hang on a minute, you know that some something something new, something fresh, is required here. And f- for me, and you and I have been, you know, we've been through the same training. <laughs> uh, there's 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 that moment of calibration, mm. which, to all intents and purposes, is listening. Yeah. And so, if she's kicking off, it's because I'm not listening simple as that i'm not listening Mm. and so no matter what kind of state i'm in no matter what kind of state she's in i will commit to listening it's like okay i'm never going to do any harm by listening and you know sometimes i'll hear something about what she actually needs in that moment or i'll settle myself to the degree by um, because if you're really, really listening to someone, you're not really invested in your own personal thinking. And that will, again, allow that space for something fresh and new to come through. And I'll have one of those daddy ideas. You know, the ideas that come out of nowhere. The ideas of, oh, hey, i got an idea. Or, hey, do you want to make a deal? You know, that kind of thing that just comes out of the ether. That can't come out of the ether when I'm frustrated because frustration is a whole bunch of personal thinking frustration is being lost in it so i try you know to the best of my ability and i sometimes pass and i sometimes fail and i don't beat myself up about the failures i I, I love that realness about it because i think so much of um, modern psychology uh, can point towards an idea that there's a perfect state to be reached you know there's a there's a cure or a fixedness and and what we're talking about looks in a completely opposite direction. It kind of completely accepts that experience is what it is, but there's no pathologizing your experience. You know, you, you can have mm. tough moments, but that awareness of kind of seeing into what's happening is what mm. brings the transformation in that moment, doesn't it? That mm. fresh thinking, as you call it. Yeah, we like those though the the old wheat. You're old enough to remember weebles, aren't you? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. We're just like that, you know. Yeah. We get yeah. buffeted around, but we always write ourselves. Are we're, you know, my my medical training has taught me that the human body is this this homeostatic mechanism. It's just we are walking, talking homeostasis. Everything is always coming back into balance all the time. Whatever's going on right now, you know, your liver, your lungs, your pancreas, every, your heart, everything is wanting to come back to a stable state. And that includes our psychology. So when we get shook up, we keep our fingers out of the machinery. It blows through and we settle. Perfectly said. Just um, a, a brief change of tack, uh, Giles, which is something I've been asking all the um, dads on the podcast is uh, around their ideas of personal freedom. Um, kind of connects in part something I was talking about earlier, which is kind of coming into fatherhood and 
having to recalibrate life. Mm. Uh, you know, my ideas of how life might be and my time and space to do things could have you know, shifted massively in some expected ways and many unexpected ways. And uh, I'm wondering what, what your experience five years down the line has been of how life has changed for you and whether, you know, you, you see that as even a question you said that like balance, work-life balance doesn't even cross your mind these days. Well, what about per- personal space and freedom? Yeah, uh, there, there, are, <laughs> there are definitely times when I just want to be alone. You know, I'm, I, I, I'd always, uh, I've, I've never had a problem being on my own. Let's put it that way. I mean, I once spent four months cycling to Turkey and back again on my own which I thoroughly enjoyed at times. Um, So I very much enjoy my own company. And there are times when um, I've had a, I've had a, a, you know, a busy day, either of coaching calls or being with clients or just working on the business, which in a way is almost another relationship that you have, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The business. So it's, and and from the outside, somebody could could look in and say, "Well, Giles, hang on a minute. You've been on your own all day long. What, why do you need to be on your own now?" It's like, "Well, I've not really been on. My, I've been with the business. You know, it's not really. It's not really per, uh, personal space per se." So, so yeah. I mean, I'm I, I I'm lucky that. Um, that my wife is very very understanding she knows me very well she will tell me to go out on a bike or you know go for a walk or something um because I, I sometimes lose sight in this busy hectic bringing up a small child running a business it is very easy to overlook because the voice of wisdom is quite quiet sometimes isn't it <laughs> and you've got the voice of wisdom speaking to you about your family and you've got the voice of wisdom speaking to you about your business and then it's very very easy to overlook the voice of wisdom about yourself so yeah there is a and maybe that is the work life balance maybe that's where i don't see it as much as a, as much as i should do mm. too busy recording podcasts instead of actually just going out for a walk on my own <laughs> being quiet with myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's such a such a great point. Um, and I certainly come from a family where busyness was um, the default setting. You know, kind of you weren't really allowed downtime mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was growing up. You know, it was all go all the time. And both my parents were frenetic and still are, even in their old age and being active. And so, um, I think my default mechanism can be to fall back into busy to be busy mm. even though i know actually there is a whispering i love the way you described it a whispering which actually is to to find a, a quiet space to, mm. to withdraw and recharge because i also really value my my own time and, and find that some a struggle sometimes in having a young family but, but you know there's that that um I, I love what you described earlier about roman coming in sitting on your lap there's a sort of puppyishness uh, uh, about small children that, that, yeah. you know they're always on. Like my son is always running. I don't know about your daughter, but he's always, <laughs> always dancing and yeah. singing. Yeah. So that's it. You know, there's never, um, there's never a, a, a static moment really. And yeah. Um, yeah. that's quite difficult to reconcile sometimes as a, as a dad who, who likes to have some peace and quiet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you could always park her in front of a Star Wars film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've noticed. that babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we, you know, we, we, we try and keep that to a minimum. We try and keep that to a minimum. But, yeah. uh, I mean, we, I, you know, I have that, I have that experience myself where I know there are times when I just need to, I just need to veg, you know, I just need to, I just need to be fed entertainment because I've been thinking so much about this and that and the other, and I just want to switch off. And, you know, we all do this to a certain extent. So I know that sometimes I just want to sit in front of the TV. And so seeing, seeing that in myself and not, beating myself up about that again makes it easier for well hang on and you know this this poor little human being has been at school like trying to work out all these social situations and everything you know her poor brain must be going into meltdown the last thing she needs to do is sit and you know start getting you know actively using her brain creatively for something you know maybe she needs to just veg out for half an hour as well so you know again it's 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 balance isn't it yeah yeah that's it and, and looking back over your time you know running your own business now and, and having a child is there anything that you would change i do nothing immediately springs to mind nothing immediately springs to mind i don't know give me some suggestions <laughs> What would you change? <laughs> I have a pre-prepared list, which I shall be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been watching you closely, guys, and I think you should be doing this, that, and the other. <laughs> it only extends to three volumes, so far today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. It's like mm. I, having ha, having gone through all those career changes and stuff, and 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 having left medicine. You know, one of the one of the questions that I get asked so often is, you know, don't, don't you regret that all the training that you went through and, and then leaving it? It's like, well, no, because that, that is all made me who I am today. That's all, that's all part of me. So if, um, I mean, I, I, I suppose I, 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 I I could wish my life away thinking, oh, well, I wish I'd come across the understanding a, a little bit sooner so that some of the earlier years with her, I, I, I wasn't stood there yelling at her in the middle of the night. You know, that, that wasn't helpful for me and it wasn't helpful for her. But pff, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> it is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. I think that's one of the, kind of, uh, I think the themes of today's chat with you has been really... I don't know if equanimity is the right word for it, but there's a sense of real acceptance of life as it comes to you. And, uh, and that comes with a really lovely, peaceful quality when, I, when I'm speaking with you as well. I think mm. people, hopefully listening to the podcast, will, will get a sense of that from you as well, because it's a really, um, you know, life can feel very effortful for some people. It has done for me at times in my life. And that's not to say that it, it shouldn't but when i'm sitting with you and we're talking about this it's like there's so much weight off your shoulders in how you how you see your life right now and how you see parenting mm. it's just mm. it's lovely to have that sort of experience of that with you must be thanks 
it's a wonderful adventure. <laughs> I've, I've loved this chat, Giles. Thanks so much. Um, if people want to find out more about you, where, where should they go? Uh, you can head over to my website, gilespcroft.com. Uh, there are links there to um, fairly active on Facebook. Again, you can look up Giles P. Croft uh, and Twitter as well. Those teams seem to be the two places I hang out the most. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for taking time to... Uh, thanks so much for inviting me. You're very welcome.